This podcast was made using Descript. Descript is a one-stop shop software to transcribe, edit, record, collaborate, and share your videos and podcasts. It makes the editing process a breeze. This is my actual Descript story. When I first started this show, I was editing on a combination of Premiere Pro and GarageBand. No shade to Premiere Pro and GarageBand, but it was a nightmare. My computer would freeze, then crash every 10 minutes, and it was incredibly difficult to delete all the likes and ums or figure out which chunks of conversation went well together. So one night I called my sister, who's getting her MBA from Stanford, name drop, and I was sobbing from the stress of the podcast. She was like, have you heard of Descript? It makes podcast editing super easy. Everyone at Stanford Business School uses it. She is not a paid actress. She's just my super smart sister. So I trusted her advice. Descript has made the editing process of my podcast seamless and actually fun. I can edit by reading the transcript and easily make clips that I can share to social media. My goal with this show is to encourage my listeners to take up all those creative endeavors that they've been putting off. So I'm really excited to share a user-friendly tool that's going to make video editing easier. If this does sound interesting to you, you can find a link to the Descript app in the show notes. Welcome to The Big FU. I'm your host, Erica Cantor. This is a show all about fucking up and failing up. I'll be interviewing comedians, artists, entrepreneurs, and generally speaking, people I find interesting about the early parts of their careers to learn how they fumbled their way into various measures of success. Today, I'm talking to Ellen Harold. Ellen is a stand-up comedian originally from New Jersey. She studied marketing at University of Colorado Boulder before pursuing comedy full-time in New York City. She's now based in Los Angeles, where she created and continues to host Abbott Kidding, the premier comedy show on Abbott Kinney Boulevard. She's produced and been featured on Don't Tell Comedy. She's opened for Maria Bamford, Irene Two, and Steph Tolev, who's hands down my favorite comedian right now, so I personally think that's the coolest thing ever. Her writing has been published in The Weekly Humorist and Stand Up New York. She's a really smart and kind person and an excellent example of how you can apply business acumen to advance in a creative field. I think you guys are going to love this episode. Enjoy this conversation with the one and only Ellen Harold. Thank you for having I'm so me. sorry that I had to move this around so much. It's okay. It's but good. I feel like as I was doing it, like I purposefully put you at the front of the season because I was like, this is going to be some fuck shit. And like, I don't know what's going on, but I and know you that know Ellen will be down. Yes, <laughs> I'll be down for whatever. And I have nothing. I love my life. The thing is that I don't really do that much during the day usually. I'm sure I'll have a job at some point. I hope yeah. to have some sort of writing job or be on set to where I do have to be somewhere during the day. But until that happens, I am enjoying my life of like surfing and going to the gym and reading Joan Didion and Miranda that July like on the couch. That sounds like a very sexy lifestyle. It's, it's like extremely sexy. And then you go out sexy. and do comedy at night. And I do, I'm always out at night. I'm like never home for dinner. My roommates know I'm like never home. Like the it's family kind of, misses you. Yeah, the family misses me. I come home at like midnight and scramble the leftovers while standing <laughs> at the open fridge and they know they leave yeah. enough for me they, they know I'm gonna do that sounds like some supportive roommates yeah they're great 
they're great. I have a good living situation right now. I have one of my roommates is a rock star. She's in a band. Ooh. She's in her own band, but then she's also the, the guitar player for an indie pop artist called Ella Jane. They just toured. And then our other roommate, so cool. he is a literal furniture designer and interior. I've designer. met him. Yes, yes. He's great. Like so, a long time ago. At Probably Abbott Kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Our apartment is just decked out with beautiful woodworked shit. That's amazing. It's crazy to be sitting with you here and reading off those credits because the way that we met was we were both performing at the Stand Up New York show. Oh, God. At the rooftop of what hotel right of something on wilshire yeah and i remember like luke monez was there that was my first paid show ever oh really yeah and then i kind of dropped the ball on comedy after that yeah what have you what have you been up to i feel like i've been Mm -hmm. focusing a lot more on film writing yeah yeah and like i still go and do stand-up open mics and stuff and book a few shows here and there it's mostly for writing yeah it's good to get on stage and work stuff out yeah exactly it's It's all for like a longer format yeah type of deal but I feel like I should get back into it in a more serious capacity yeah it's one of those things where you kind of have to it's hard to be one foot in one foot out a lot of people in LA do it that way and it's kind of why they're not that funny Um, (laughs) I think cities like New York really push people or I mean it's just you get thrown into it into being like hey everyone else around you is doing this 100% like 100% and like multiple times per night so if you want to play the game you have to play with the big dogs basically and I think in LA it's it's a good thing and a bad thing that people can are, are actors and writers and you know they do a bunch of other stuff and then they're like oh well I'll work out my funny bone doing stand-up and it's like well it depends what your goal is absolutely and it could be yeah everyone has different goals and a different way to get there I I I I believe firmly that if you're just trying to do some like to do the thing that you like if you're just trying and you don't give up then why wouldn't it work out right it it maybe not in the way that you thought it was gonna work out in your head like oh in 10 years I'm gonna be whatever on tv or on snl or whatever your goal is but i think if you just are authentically you and you just keep trying for then why, it yeah it's like why i don't know not to be like woo woo but it's like it's an energy it's an energy this is thing. a woo woo pod it's a woo woo space sorry this is yeah. a very woo woo space well then what i'm trying to say is that energy in energy out you listeners will understand you woo 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 shit yeah no we love it here but I think I'm so curious to talk to you about the transition between just starting out and doing open mics and then you start booking a few shows and then you start your own show I was a marketing major at the business school of my university And so I think in Colorado, in Colorado, University of Colorado, Boulder, go Buffs, shout outs, go Buffs. And I think I did this in New York as well. I started comedy in New York City. So I started producing a comedy show at this venue on the Upper West Side called Stand Up New York. And it was like a time slot. It was the late show on Thursdays 
and they there were low ticket sales and they would usually have to cancel the show because nobody was coming to that late slot on Thursdays so I saw that and was like hey I went to the the booker or whoever and I like the manager whoever it was at the time and I was like I have an idea for this show and I could sell tickets. It should be in a younger audience, maybe college students who are out late on a Thursday. The show should be free, but we'll make them buy a drink. Some sort of businessy, like, I can fill this hole. Right. So that happened. It became a successful show, a monthly. And I like producing and I think I'm good at it in a way that it's like a lot of Everybody has strengths. Everybody has strengths. <laughs> so I just know that producing comedy shows, I guess, was my strength because of my like businessy or marketing or promotion background. So when I moved here to LA, I created Abbott Kidding. Again, saw like a hole in the market on the west side in Venice on Abbott Kinney. A lot of people, a lot of cool hit people who want to do cool stuff or see a live comedy show and nowhere to see it on the west Mm -hmm. side so just saw that hole and filled it and never really never settled I guess in in terms of like I want the caliber of my show to be up here right that that's been a lot of fun how often were you doing comedy when you first started out like going to open mics every night every night in New York you have to yeah I mean so if I just got one then it's fine then it, it, it was fine. I had a group of friends in New York or like there was always s- someone doing mics or that I ran into at a mic that was like, oh, we're going to go hit this one after if you want right. to come. So it would turn into a couple, but if it was just only one, that's fine. But it was definitely, definitely every night. Yeah. How did that squad assemble? And how did you get into just comedy? Fr- so I got into comedy, I guess family and friends always said that I was funny like at like yeah, a funny lady <laughs> yeah I don't know when I was I, I would always like tell a funny story at the dinner table or I would like retell something really well or I don't know I would just be funny and they're like you have to know oh, Ellen you have you have to do stand-up like you should do stand-up and I was like what like that's not a thing like people don't people can't just do stand-up yeah and then went to school at Boulder for marketing got and got this internship at a tech company in San Francisco and Salesforce Salesforce yeah Salesforce which like it's not it wasn't an easy job to get no we talked about this like a very long time ago yeah yeah yeah. and from my background Salesforce was like the top engineers and designers what was your major again I studied project management engineering right 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 I like so made my funny. own major, but I was very involved with the design program and all that jazz. And all of the smartest kids were the ones that were gunning for that job and couldn't get it. And there was one kid who got his it. name is Brendan. He's never going to Brendan. Brendan. Ooh, I hate when Brendans get stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not fair. This was a good Brendan. Oh, good Brendan. This was like a good Brendan, Sorry, Brendan. that we were like, Fuck yeah, Brandon. You got that Salesforce job. Like that sounds like a sentence that has been said before. Yeah. yeah. Brandon got the Salesforce job. Often. Yeah. So yeah, I got that. I was like good at business school. I don't know. I <laughs> like I, I would have been I mean, I don't know if I would have good been happy. at business. I would have like done my thing and just like been the been the the funny girl at the office or something. I don't I don't know. I just <laughs> if I weren't a comedian, maybe I would have just kept be, I, don't, jokes. I, I don't know 
But luckily... You walking, did it though, right? You did the job? I did... Well, I did. It was an internship for right. the summer, which I completed. I didn't like do one open mic and like turn in my fucking key pass or so, like turn in my lanyard. I, I basically... I was like, I'm done with this. I was walking home from the office or from the bus stop or whatever the hell and like walked by this laundromat where somebody had a microphone and I was like what is going on in here and so I walked inside and it turned out to be an open mic the place is called brainwash it has since closed it's a staple it was a staple of the San Francisco comedy scene young Ellen just stumbling upon brainwash (laughs) I, I stumbled upon brainwash did I I ended up I watched for a little bit then I went home and I there was another kid in my internship who was from New York and was always complaining about the internship and how it's so boring and it sucks and he hates it and he just wants to move back to New York and like be a writer and be a comedy writer Mm -hmm. so I knocked on their door they were like friends they lived right below me and I was like write your five minutes you and I are performing at this open mic one week from today we're shaking on it we shook on it performed the next week I loved it like right away and I think he's more of a writer right (laughs) he didn't end up doing stand-up he's more of a writer but yeah I just loved it and I, I never I didn't do another open mic again that summer but I went back to school at Boulder finished my senior year at Boulder I was interning actually for the Boulder comedy show which is a great room run by this awesome comedian named Brent Gill and he taught me a lot about producing shows and producing a great show and like not settling and making sure it's like the best and all these little Mm -hmm. things matter and like what are those little things um what does it mean to have the best comedy show I mean, it's just like book people who you think are funny. I don't know if all of these are necessarily from Brent, but a lot of them are like talking about pricing of the tickets. Like you price it too low, then you're val- you're devaluing your show. But then if you price it too high, not as many people can come or will come. Right. Just little things like that. And then also like what I think, I mean, just what I think about now is like when people trade spots on comedy shows that makes no sense to me do you know it's like oh if you give me a spot on your show mm-hmm. you get a you, spot. you can do a spot yeah. on my show right that is the craziest concept to me because one if we're talking about my show it's like people offer that to me as like oh if you can do the spot on right. my show like at quid pro quo yeah and it's like i don't want to do your (laughs) shitty like late monday night show with eight with 10 other dudes at the haha comedy club (laughs) i'd have to you'd have to give me a residency spot at your show every single week to for it to be worth one spot on my like you know like i'm not trying to be but it's like you have These to people know are delusional, value. right? And so there's that. It's like okay, so there's unequal shows, and then there's it's also the fact of like, do you think you're not funny? Like, do you think that you, if you're the only way that you could get booked on a show is to trade By offering offering a spot up. on a different show? Don't you think you're funny? Like, don't you think? Don't you think that I would ask you to do my show because your jokes are good? Right. It's so crazy to me when people spot trade because it's like literally proving that you don't think that you could merit the show. 
like that yeah. you are funny enough to do the show you're only good enough if you like trade another spot for it I don't know maybe that's, that's a great maybe that doesn't make sense does that make sense no that makes a lot of okay. sense part of me understands it yeah. part of me is like no I understand it's it rough I just would there. never do it it's hard to get stage time whatever yeah. and at the same time I think that's an excellent point you know because yeah. it's like you have to believe in yourself more than anyone else and like you have to think that you're funny and deserve the stage time yeah and if you're swapping yourself I don't want to tell people like you deserve all the spots like maybe you don't maybe you're not funny maybe you should keep trading spots but like start a podcast for me personally (laughs) yeah for me personally I just think it's a silly silly a silly thing that a lot that we do in the comedy world at this like mid-level stage where it's like you're not doing mics and you're not necessarily on the road touring but like you're doing these smaller shows or like indie shows or or club shows or whatever and there's so many unwritten rules and things that were put in place a lot of the times just by men at open mics that we just have to like do it that way now like spot trading and like a certain amount of number of sets a night because like that's how you make it and it's like whatever the person giving that advice is the lonely guy at his fifth open mic of the night he doesn't have (laughs) he's gonna go home to a frozen dinner in his mom's basement with like a fold-out fucking table (laughs) like i don't want your life so why are you giving me advice (laughs) no not everyone like not every yeah there's great comedians who aren't depressing who have great lives who have a good balance and like i look up to those people i I have a lot of friends who have such a great balance i think in, in LA, I've made a lot of friends that have a really great balance, yeah. great relationships, friendships, other side hobbies, and like whatever. But um, yeah, no, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I was just trying to talk shit on people. Something that has always been important to me is like finding mentors that you look up to and whose like uh-huh. lives that you want to emulate in some way. And I mean, for me, because I guess I kind of have a similar background, which was that like, professionally I started in real estate development oh my god yes 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 we talked about this that's so funny so definitely both corporate backgrounds yeah and I just remember looking at the women who were six years above me and being like I do not want that life that looks horrible like you complain about work all day long and then you're on the phone with your like husband talking about where to order pad thai from so that you can go home and complain about work for another three hours and then watch an episode of love island and go to bed oh my god it's so sad (laughs) being home at night is so nice because i'm never there but then i think about the people who like work all day and then their night is just like watching an episode of oh my god it's it just not, makes it just makes yeah I can't I, yeah I mean, I'm just not a TV person I don't know I shouldn't say that though because people are happy and they're I'm such a TV person yeah. I fucking love it yeah but I feel like I also grew up that way I've always had that obsession with film and television I think I'm more of a movie like I yeah. need the thing with shows I, like I was both. I Give was it all to I me. was saying <laughs> this to somebody oh my god there's so many shows that there's just so many shows now and the shows are like hour-long episodes like 10 episodes Mm -hmm. per season and it's like you could have told this story in a movie like a two and a half hour movie but because it's a fucking show Mm -hmm. everyone's line is like i mean yeah sure 
thanks. Um, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> fuck. It's fucking excruciating to watch it because if this were a movie, you wouldn't, this line, this, line this would dialogue would have been an like a look from one guy and then like a nod from this other girl and then the thing would have happened. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. And they would have cut so much bullshit. I'm talking about White Lotus right now. Um, oh, I, I Do watched, you like that show? I'm, I'm, I'm watching Freaks and Geeks. Like I watched, I'll rewatch a, a show that yeah. I know I like and yeah. like maybe that's messed up, but like. I just I could no. do not care if any of those characters live or die or if I ever I don't think I'll ever think about them again. Last season to me was revolutionary television. It was like okay, I've never seen anything like this before. Wow. And now I've seen it, and they're just repeating they're just doing the it same shit. That's what, but it, it's just money. Like someone's exactly they're, they're making money off of doing exactly. it. Exactly. So it's just they're but, allo- it, it, they're allowed to pump out shit. Yes, it's fine. I will say this is an important point. Freaks and Geeks, which everyone should watch. Mike White was a producer on that. So like, to Who's me- Mike White? So Mike White is the creator of White Lotus. Oh. Yeah. I just have to make a quick little interlude to say that I did end up watching White Lotus season two and it was the best television. And shout out to Mike White for making such a motherfucking masterpiece. <laughs> Visually edit. And so, I love watching television with a little historian lens. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, where did the people come from? Who made this? Like, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's really, really interesting because it's how you get to know the industry and the players and like figure yeah. out what it all actually is, you know? Maybe in order for me to get into a show, maybe I just need to do like an IMDb dive before yeah. I sit down and watch it because then I'll maybe care about why it was fucking yeah. made. But I, I literally, I'm like, this, I'd rather watch a movie. I'd, I'd rather watch That's, a movie that I've seen a million times that I know I like. Right. Well, like, I think if you pick a movie that you love and then you look at who's in it or like who made it, they oh, likely... Oh, and then I watch... Yeah. other stuff by them yeah like That's go back idea. to the beginning of their yeah. career and be yeah. like oh shit like this like freaks and geeks was started Epic. everything yeah <laughs> yeah star-studded cast yeah star-studded and they're cast. all like 12 it's crazy in it. yeah it's crazy. i would i would rewatch that freaks and geeks are you rewatching it right now or yeah are well you i had never it? seen it so you're just watching it how magical is this time? Know. I didn't know what I yeah. was missing out on. You're you're glowing yeah. right, from the first time. I knew there was something about you. I'm like, is she have a new Yeah, like, is she pregnant love interest? or is she watching What's Freaks happening? and Geeks? Oh, she just discovered Freaks and yeah. Geeks. That's what it is. Congratulations. Thanks. I hope you and Freaks and Geeks are very happy together. It's a thrilling time. Good. Yeah, so who tell me about who 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 were you deep diving in Freaks and Geeks? Mike White. Like all who of them? All of them. Did you find out anything interesting about the cast or, or the producers or the director of... I didn't know that Mike White was involved. Okay. I barely knew who Paul Feig was. Who is that? Paul Feig, he was the creator of it. And Freaks and Geeks is very much like the type of shit that I would want to make. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a drama, but it's... Well, it's a comedy disguised as a drama. Like there's a lot of comedy within it and humor laced into it. Yeah. But it feels very grounded. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to finally check this out, I guess. And then when I started watching it, I was like, oh my God, like Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. know if I'm saying that right. I never do. 
I yeah. thought of her name. I was like gonna say her name when we first started talking about freak sneaks, and then I was like, "Don't, <laughs> Ellen, don't do it," because you're you don't know what it is. Well, you know, you do who not I know what always. Her, I was about to say her with. Lisa Lampanelli. I was about to say that because <laughs> those are similar names. No, to me. they're practically the same person. Yeah. No, but you know who I actually always confuse her with? Janine, Janine Arugula, Janine Ruffalo, Janine. Oh my gosh, Janine Garofalo. Have you seen Wet Hot American Summer? Yeah head counselor but i don't it was a while ago yeah and i was like so fair depressed when i watched i just so true like bestie. Blind, oh yeah out. depression we're gonna get there nice <laughs> <laughs> so i'm curious who are your mentors i mentioned brent gill earlier he was my first like boss in comedy and just the first person that i saw him do his thing with his show Really before I was even doing open mics or doing comedy, I've definitely taken a lot of shit that I've learned from him into the shows I'm producing now. And what's he up to now? He's still a comic. Like he's on the road and he's, you know, he's a great comic. He lives in LA but goes to Denver a lot and Boulder a lot to like run that show. And yeah, he's great. He's killing it. I don't know. Mentors? I feel like, God. Let me rephrase. What's a piece of advice that has been glued to your brain oh a piece of advice oh i for sure this advice was given to me i got coffee with this fabulous comedian named mary beth barone once oh yeah she is a just one of a kind gal and when i was living in new york i like asked her to get coffee because we had like been on a show together once and then she did my show and i just thought she was cool as fuck which she She is. is And I was like, I just want to take a page out of your book if we could get coffee. And she was so nice and so, so gracious. And the advice that she gave me was just do whatever you want. (laughs) I love that. I thought that was insane. Like me, 22, 23 in New York City grinding. I have all like guy friends that are not macho, but like that male comedian, that old stale like gotta do five sets a night like and like in energy new in new york city <laughs> and that was what i was living in and who i was like surrounding myself with i was very anxious i had never been anxious before in my life very anxious that i wasn't doing enough i, I was telling her that and she was like you don't have to do any of that you can just do whatever you want and i was like what like this person is like insane like this person like i didn't actually yeah. think that like i knew that she was right because she had you know later that year she you know got like fallon and she had a she got like a like this big podcast like whatever but like just hearing so this i get the best advice well i only ask advice from women in comedy Mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful to see the different ways that women in comedy are choosing to pave their path and get what they want because it's like there's not a lot of example for women if like all the advice and all the people at the top are are men then like I can't really take that advice if it's a man's advice I can't really take it because it's like we're not it's, we're not treated completely the same yet mm-hmm. like it's getting better but it's like their advice doesn't mean anything to me because we we don't have the same sh- plight or sh- struggle or whatever but anyway yes a piece of advice that has stuck to my brain is you can do whatever you want and I think that what she meant by that was if you're authentically yourself people are gonna see that 
people are going to notice that. And also you're going to produce better work or just be, be better on stage and be happier and be better to your friends and your colleagues. Mm -hmm. If you stay in that one night and make dinner with your roommates and watch a movie with them or like go on a date with your, your partner and get filled up in a different way that kind of came out in a sexual way, (laughs) but, um, we'll allow it. Yeah, we'll allow it. Don't cut it. (laughs) It Um, shall stay. Yeah. But so I've been trying ever since then to just do whatever I want. That's beautiful. I really fuck with that. I feel like I started this podcast because in the past I, and presently, why am I saying like, this is last week. Yeah. In in, in the past, (laughs) last weekend. Yeah. Like I feel that kind of anxiety of like, I'm not doing enough. And yet I'm constantly busy and constantly working. Who is that in our head? Who is that? The Observer. No, ego. Ego, right. All these books will yeah, tell Yeah, literally. One of these has like, to have the your, answer. Pick your poison. Yeah. No, but keep going. You have... I started it because I kept having very meaningful conversations with people that I looked up to and who were doing cool shit that I was like, I guess I'll start recording these because I'm just having two hour long conversations and like getting priceless advice from people that are really fucking smart yeah but like i feel like that's why i brought you on here because i was like let's hear what this bitch has to say you're like i've been talking to some really smart people so i decided let's let's bring on a surfer she's got some water between her ears literally (laughs) no i'm kidding yeah i'm happy you're obviously like i listen forced to be reckoned with. thank you yeah i'm just enjoying like honestly i'm just i was talking to my roommate who got home from tour last night about it and we were just like yeah we're kind of like happy like you know (laughs) like we're just we're not the biggest thing ever we want we there's still much to be wanted and much to work for but Mm -hmm. like for right now we're in our mid-20s doing the thing and to We're me, just doing it's the thing. so clear that you're on your way. Or That's like, very sweet. I just like, it's so clear how you've grown. That's very your sweet. Your platform. Yeah, that means a lot. I'm, I'm, it's a, every, every day, just a little, putting a little bit of work in every day. And yeah. like, if I don't, then it's like, all right, I'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else I can do. You how know? often are you writing? I should probably be writing more. I go through spells, I think. And mm-hmm. I think as far as like joke writing, it just is such a sporadic thing. I've tried to. I have fucking tried to be like, okay, from 11 to 12 is my writing block. Like mm-hmm. no phone. And I'm going to write jokes. Like I'm just going to. And it's like, I, 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 I can't. I, I'll do it for one day. Yeah. And I'm like check like I did my little thing and I can make lunch and go on my day and I did great and then the next day I'm I don't do it ever and I don't do it ever again I don't do it ever again and then I I I say I say it to my therapist I'm like I I like cannot keep a routine yeah but there's other stuff I have a routine like I love going to the gym I'll do that every day some people can't even say that so I'm like what is it those people yeah, I'm better than a lot of. I don't know. It's not about being better. Or worse. I'm just like, I. It's I not about cannot, being better or worse. What but do like you? are all worse. Do you have? You have like a. You have like a busy day. Like what mm-hmm. do? You, are you a routine person? Like do you like routine? I would say, 
Because, and then we can maybe segue into the mental health shit. Yeah. Love it. For me, my mental health is hanging on by morning yoga. Yeah. And if that shit doesn't happen. Yeah. It's chaos. Yeah. And at the same time, I've now been in this for a few years where like, I definitely have some wonky chemicals in my brain. Mm -hmm. But like proper psychiatry hasn't been a route that I feel has helped me. Right. So I am unmedicated, but I meditate like a motherfucker. Good. That's the real shit. Yeah. And then I do my yoga. And at the same time, a piece of advice that has been drilled into my brain. Give it to me. It was like, you can't let these routines cage you Mm. because then those become just as addicting as whatever other medication you might be on. So like sometimes if the yoga happens later in the day or if it doesn't happen at all, I've learned to be like, it's fine. This is okay. And I feel very stable in that. Mm -hmm. But I definitely enjoy having routine yeah well that's good that you know that and that's also really good that you know like i need my meditation or my day is gonna be shit what about you though do you have any grounding practices yes i do well i actually teach yoga so i do i have like yoga i know it's something i don't really tell people about it i basically my dad you're like i'll tell no it's not that no 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 it's like it's just not something that i'm like i'm a yoga teacher it's like i sub for people sometimes i grew up doing yoga since i can remember because my dad was a teacher and my dad had a bunch of yoga not a bunch but he had yoga studios growing up that we would go to in jersey and delaware and we would i would take the classes as a kid i would like work the front desk and like renew people's packages and shit like behind the counter like the little business woman to be that i was thought i was going to be in college but this has um, a whole other dimension. It's by I the have way. so many. It's it's crazy. I feel like I you're have very a lot multifaceted. Of oh, oh yeah, I relate. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely have yoga. Yoga has been in my, yoga and meditation and breath work have been yes, in my life. Yes, breath work. Breath work's the whole thing. It was a breath people work say, guy that said, "Don't be caged." Good. Yeah, <laughs> people say I do yoga. I might say it's like it's all about the. If you just know three different breathing mm-hmm. techniques that work for you, you'll be good on the anxiety. Obviously, that's a lot of people need meds. I'm not yeah. trying to say that people don't need need medication. But I think for people just struggling with anxiety, the breathing stuff can help. But anyways, that is part of my routine. Going to the gym. I just love – I don't have an office or a place to go for work during the day. Mm-hmm. So going physically to the gym and seeing like all my ladies, like I work out with like, I'm going, I'm like in the locker room with all of these like older women. At, oh, like, I love that. And it's like fantastic. Older tits in a locker room. Like I'm Sheila right at home. and Sherry. Like all my, like I seriously, like I, I see them like every fucking day and it's a, it's something that I, I need. And it's like being like, I'm like, okay, I go physically to the gym. It's something that like, I want to do it, but then with the whole, like, I should carve out this hour to whatever, edit right. videos or write or what submit to acting roles. Like, I can't. Are no. you submitting to acting roles? Yes. Yeah, sometimes. I watched I'm, a sketch I'm better of yours on YouTube. Oh, sweet. It I was the know. parking tickets. Oh, parking ticket sketch. That she was got my, the role. That was for my acting class. We <laughs> had to it, we had to create like some sort of short film. So I, I had that sketch lying around. I'm like, I'll just make that. So fun. 
fun stuff. Great, some great comics in there. In there, some some of my favorites. yeah, some really great comics. Michael in Turner, there. it's in there. Yeah, you fucking made yeah. that shit Fumi. happen. Shout out Fumi Abe. <laughs> great, some great guys. They're um, all hilarious. Who are some of your major influences? Major influences. So this is like a question that my therapist literally asked me this question today we ran out of shit to talk about because i'm doing so well and she was like so who are some of your influences in comedy and i literally almost dropped her ass but i was like <laughs> how dare you ask me that i just people, i'm so sorry i take no, it no, back immediately no it's completely fine so many people ask me it's this and i feel fine. i felt stupid for a while for not like i'm like oh i have to think of someone to say that that they'll know i have to just have someone because right. people ask me this so much and i'm sure other comics get this from well, people okay. who don't do comedy can i rephrase Did yes you... but i will still keep going okay after you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm not done so you can you can ask your little cue but i'm gonna go right back did no. you grow up watching comedy yes i will answer that so i grew okay. up watching comedy there I was, we go i grew up watching comedy i watched cat williams okay uh, i watched louis ck i watched dane Hell yeah. i watched dane cook vicious cycle a lot i would fall asleep to daniel tosh stand up like not the show not like yeah. tosh.0 i would also watch that too but like i would have i think it maybe i had a smartphone so then stand-up was getting like encoded into your psyche i don't know why i chose stand-up i would fall asleep to like dimitri martin gary goleman gary goleman's huge actually for me he was he's was my favorite comic for a while like i would answer that and people would be i thought he was even big enough for people to be like oh but people were like oh i don't know who that is like i feel like my favorite comedians are the people gary goldman's big but like my favorite comedians are comedians that people who don't do comedy who ask me who are your favorites would never have heard of because they're people who like i'm doing shows with or i'm seeing here in la i'm cracking up in the back watching them do their thing like those those people my right now in la honestly my favorite comedians i gotta go rachel scanlon okay i gotta go carly kane brad silnitzer those people i've seen recently those are just off the top of my head right now friends of mine but watching them i'm like you're the funniest person in, the, in this town right now you're, yeah. the, you're the funniest. you know what i mean like watching your friends kind of like it's like oh they 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 wrote that or that crowd work thing like i, I can't believe they thought of that so fast right. like they're fucking hilarious that's the best feeling is watching your, your peers like people who are like have been doing it longer like a little bit longer than you but like you're still like in the same scene with them like i just love watching those people kill it from the back of the room and just being like "Ugh!" like i love comedy you know and i love them so yeah i love those people right now but the guy like my friend's dad who asks me like who's your who or who's your favorite comic like he they're not gonna fucking know who those people are so it's just kind of like "Ugh!" i guess i'll say sarah silverman (laughs) which who i love but it's like i I don't have anything in common with Sarah Silverman. You know what I mean? Like, she's so... <laughs> she's a fucking huge co- comedian. Like... Right. She's not my... You know what I mean? Like, right. maybe... Like, you know what I mean? She can't influence me because there's... I'm so... Like, she's have so you big. To interviews of her? I probably should. Is you she, should. She, yeah. to me, has been influential in just, okay. like... I love her, so I should. I, I'm not trying to say... Yeah. Because she... She's someone who I think falls under the category of 
sad girl made happy while doing comedy and always having the best time sad girl sarah like i think she has yeah, yeah she has this side of her that's like sometimes i get sad like and then like she'll be like sometimes i get sad but you know what makes me feel really happy like and she'll just like go off on like literally talking about being your own best friend and like how you have to learn to have fun with yourself and all that sort of stuff and like she's she's a person whose life can be a model you know yeah i having those people to watch interviews of on youtube late yeah. in bed it's very important i love that shit i love watching interviews of people yeah i was gonna ask another question okay so something that i feel like i've part of the reason i brought you here today was i feel like something that i look at you and i'm like this bitch has got it going on is because you are someone who's very clearly had certain resources that you've like and like not a lot like it's not like you're you're not lily rose depp nepo baby but what happened to you is that you got this job at a pizza shop correct Mm -hmm. and then you were like this comes in with i think your marketing background and the kind of business acumen you were talking about earlier which is that you looked around and you were like there's a hole here Mm -hmm. in venice but not only is there a hole here i have a space to put on a show yeah and then you made that initial investment into the technology to make that happen and then you put on a show yeah and you were able to meet a whole host of people through that absolutely yeah having that show was huge i moved to la during the pandemic didn't know really anyone i knew some people who had moved from new york also and right kind of see them around but everything was closed and then yeah the summer of 2021 was the first abbott kidding show it was a monthly at first and it would sell out every time and then Mm -hmm. we upped it to twice a month and now it's weekly which is awesome but yeah i always forget that it started because i work i worked at that pizza shop and the owner of the pizza shop is also the owner of this of roosterfish which is the bar where we do the show um everyone should get tickets yeah everyone should get tickets every thursday at 8 p.m at roosterfish on abbott kinney baby it's called there be nowhere or be yeah be there or be literally fucking nowhere it's insane (laughs) it's why would you not why would you be anywhere else it's so silly when people try to make other thursday plans it's it's infuriating i think what you were trying to say is like the resources is it's something small but Mm -hmm. i'm like oh i like i can make something out of this yeah you know and i didn't even know what 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 it would turn into and And not that it's like it's small but. but it's also like huge Like, I think that, like, the second that you get into making your own shit, you start to learn the value of location. Mm -hmm. And, like, like even for this podcast, I was, like, originally going to do it at this other person's house. And then, like, that fell through for insurance reasons. Okay. Love it. It was just, like, a fucking scramble to put this shit together. And I was, like, I guess my house. Yeah. You know? But, like, to me, I just was, like, oh, shit. Like, she really has insane foresight to be like this is a gold mine but i guess you didn't see it that way you were just like i'm gonna put on a show i definitely wasn't i definitely yeah i i just saw that like oh 
this is a cool part of town, like Venice, all these like cool kind of like, you know, some of the, so like, far. they, like, have money to, yeah. like, and they want to do cool stuff, so they'll buy tickets, right. you know, but, like, they're young and they're hot, and, like, that can kind of backfire, because having hot people in the audience at a comedy show is awful, because they're, like, so cool. Comedy is, like, the least hot thing you can Dude, do. Dude, and they're, like, sometimes they'll, people will buy tickets, these hot, hot, hot people will buy tickets to the comedy show, and then, like, be in the audience, and, like, they're, they don't laugh, because you'll, like, tell a joke, and they're, like, wait is she like joking like that you know it's, it's like you bought tickets to a comedy show yeah like it's so bizarre but i i love them i love everyone who comes to the show um, i just it's funny to who who we have in the audience sometimes because of the location but yeah it's great i love abbott kidding and it's it's allowed me to meet some of the funniest fucking people in this town and in other parts of the, of the country who are visiting la like luckily right. i have a network of of comics who have done the show who are like hey ellen like i have a friend from houston who's going to be in town like right. i've had some fucking killers come on who are just like in town for you a really bit. have you've had some um, big names on there some big names but also people who like i hadn't heard of before and but they were they just killed. a wreck and then they killed and it's like i love seeing that people from like Canada like people from like the bay like I love watching like just hilarious people from all over and and who I haven't seen before like I don't know I love it so cool yeah I love I love that show so when you first started booking people what did that process look like it was pretty much just people who I looked up to or like I knew from shows and thought they were funny Mm -hmm. and then I would it was a monthly so it was easy to to book it can you talk about what it looks like to run the show and all the important components that people might not think about yeah so at every show we have a photographer and a videographer not we don't always have the videographer because it's sort of an extra cost but we want to have I want to give the comedians their sets I want Mm -hmm. to have people be able to post clips because that's like a big thing that comedians are doing now a photographer being there is always fun because then we can capture pictures that we can post on our Instagram and just show people our show and shit um that's always fun and then yeah instagram i'm on i'm just posting on the instagram and stuff are you making all the graphics yourself i have a a neighbor and friend of mine who's a who's a graphic designer like made the logo and stuff and yeah but the poster that i use is like it's like a picture that she made and then i just changed the lineups myself on canva or something but yeah i like kind of employ little people like like not little people oh my god (laughs) i i employ people that i know who are good at this thing like to do little job like little jobs right and same thing with the reels like i know nothing about video editing or subtitling or capture like i don't i i I don't even have I can't even turn a video like I can't do it horizontal like vertical or something like I, I I'm not gonna do it I'm, I'm not like I'm just not yeah. so I just pay like there's people who I know who are who are good at that and then I'll pay them to like do that make reels or clips or something because I, I can't I can't do it yeah I'm not gonna do it I'm just not <laughs> and like what role has social media played in promoting this show and how has that like grown its following yeah I mean I it just I mean we have an Instagram I post people's <laughs> the comedians who are on sometimes I'll post a clip of them or I'll post pictures of them I'll post pictures from our show I'll post the the flyers we've you know I think a lot of the show is word of mouth like mm-hmm. the the crowds that we get come from word of mouth because I pass out these little flyers sometimes on Abbott Kinney right because it's like it's just a trafficked street 
like filled with people so you're literally handing out flyers some i don't really do that anymore but when the show started when the yeah when the show started i was doing that but i'm not doing that anymore but that is how i don't know it's just so people get so caught up in like we have to post at this time and like pay for instagram ads and promote this post it's Mm -hmm. like just fucking go door to like i don't if it's a if it's a small if it's a big city whatever but like venice beach west side it's such a like locals like word of mouth type of vibe it's like i'm just gonna fucking give a qr code to this like surf school or like this like a boutique i'm gonna go in that's honestly fucking genius yeah it's like and then they're gonna tell i don't know and i could be i mean if it was on a grander scale that probably wouldn't be the best way to go about it and i'm and i'm a marketing major saying that the social media so like i don't like the social media marketing or anything and like no. i i'm was i'm supposed to know and know how to do that and want to do that and i i i just don't i mean i think ultimately when you're making a community show you have to be in the community like yeah even within silver lake there's flyers on every single street corner for various shows yeah. around town yeah and by around town, people I mean love a flyer people love a little people flyer a fl- and they're like you're walking on the street and you're like oh like this thing looks cool well because something that and brent told me this too the boulder comedy show guy is when people are if you do an instagram ad like i'm when i'm on instagram i'm not fucking conscious like i'm not even there <laughs> I'm not even there. Straight so any up. ad yeah. that's going, I'm sc- I'm scrolling. No, like I look at couches. But that's wh- what I click on. Right. Like- but then when I'm walking, I am alert. I'm in nature. The sun is on me. I got to watch for cars. I'm walking. I'm for sure at the crosswalk going to notice the poster yeah. in real life because I'm in real life. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes people get too caught up in the Instagram ads and it's like – Ain't nobody going to see. They're going to see it, but they're not going right. to see it. Yeah. No, not that's very take true. it in. It's so interesting. This is like a separate thing because I'm producing this short film right now. Mm-hmm. And so we're thinking about distribution tactics. Yeah. And I was just listening to this podcast about self-distribution for a feature film. So it's a little bit of a different beast because it's like a level above Mm -hmm. but like they just kept emphasizing like for their film how pivotal the social media aspect was yeah and oh my god i'm sure i'm sure it it was but a comedy show is definitely so different when you're like for live shows definitely more of a word of mouth is fine but i think when it's something that lives eternally like a short film or a series like yeah people can really blow up and and get a lot of resources out of utilizing the instagram social media situation but then i guess that also answers what you're doing during the day it's not like you're just no i'm definitely idly by like i do i do exaggerate and i think i'm very hard on myself so i'm like i'm not doing shit even though i am doing i think you were talking about how you do this too like there's this horrible little monster in my head that's like you suck and everyone knows it and you're not doing enough you lazy piece of shit you're not living up to your full potential and you should die she's so mean and it's like i i think i'm getting a lot better at not not listening i definitely still hear the voice but then i'm like okay thanks bitch maybe the voice is like you're doing it what do you mean like the voice has evolved because now you're like oh yeah 
That was no, just, the voice. No, no, the bad voice. The is voice still is there. bad. <laughs> no, the voice, I take it back. There's no, one, there's no one like yes, girl, slay. Like nobody's like there in my mind doing that. No, I guess maybe that's maybe they are. I have a lot of. They friends. are. I have yeah. a lot of friends around. No, me, me too. Are, What's that Pixar saying? movie? That's like the uh, Tina Fey plays sad. Oh, like the emoji movie. Yeah, um, emotions or something. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. But, like, I definitely have that. There's, like, 17 different voices in my head, and they're all, like, yeah. fighting each other for space, for airtime. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a disease. Yeah. There's a no, name it's, for that. There's a, definitely something. There's a name. But we're just going to meditate it out. We're going to meditate. We're going to breathe. We're going to pretend gonna yoga. it does We're going to down dog into vinyasa, chaturanga, whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. You know your shit. I, that was, yes. Yes. <laughs> This reminds me, though, because I wanted to bring it back to this space, which was talking about when you were in New York, you were babysitting, correct? Oh, my God, yeah. You you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you were babysitting. That was epic. And doing stand-up mm-hmm. and just, like, running between shit. Can you talk about that time during your life? I absolutely can. I was a live-in nanny on the Upper West Side. It was great because you live for free and eat for free. That's fucking great in in New York. But the bad part is that you are raising someone's kids <laughs> when you're 22. But they were great. The family was great. I don't know if they're going to listen. <laughs> but this could be a huge podcast one day when it gets released. So I don't know if they're going to hear it. Let's imagine um, not. they were the parents worked a lot obviously why they had a live-in nanny i lived in the maid's quarters (laughs) which makes it sounds like i was locked away in like a dungeon but i I just my room was like off the kitchen that's really all that means and i lived there and um i would wake up at seven make breakfast for the kids I would make, I would pull out this fucking griddle thing and make chocolate chip pancakes like every morning because that's what they wanted. And it was bizarre. And that's kind of awesome. I mean, it's all, it was awesome for them to be eating fucking ch- chocolate chip pancakes. <laughs> Bro, no. At 7 a.m., I'll tell you why. Because the time I went to bed the night before from doing comedy, I'll tell you why you're not going to want to be pulling out a fucking griddle yeah. at 7 a.m. Fair. Chocolate chip pancakes for these fucking kids who don't think anything of it they're so ungrateful for it because they brats had, like at times yeah yeah yes all children when they have a anyone nanny, who has it's, it's, anyone who has happens. a nanny is yeah. a fucking piece of shit yeah i'm sorry because yeah. they at Literally. a certain age they reach a certain age and sometimes it's really creepily young they realize that you are being paid by their by their parent yes to like hang out with them and they like understand that somehow and it's so fucking evil and creepy and like they just are it's just evil and not all kids I've had like lovely kids who like treat me like a big sister and I love being that role and like kind of it's like as if I'm not even being paid like you know what I mean like I I like that sort of imagination like leaving it to the imagination that I'm even being paid right some kids are really great about that but anyway yes lived with this family would take the kids to school after making them breakfast and lunch was free all day until they were done school at three I would pick them up take them to like the JCC take them to mathnasium take them to their friend's house take them all their stuff and then like the mom would on average get home let's say 8 p.m which is like pretty late and then I would like bolt out of the house when she got home to do open mics and shows anything that I could fit in come home really late the dog would bark they had a dog Mm -hmm. a golden retriever named Henry huge fat golden retriever who (laughs) would bark 
without fail every single time that I came home. Jesus. So so it would for sure just wake everybody up at like yeah. one. And I'm sure they hated that, but I was just like, okay, whatever. Like I'm it not like I have to live here. But were they supportive? Were they down? Yeah. You were no, they to? were down. And if I was like, hey, I have the show. It's like a 7:30 show. Right. In Midtown, if you could like be home by 7:15, yeah. so I could take the train. She was usually pretty. They were great. They were great. Like yeah. I'm not. And it was like definitely sick as fuck to just get, be getting paid cash and not mm-hmm. paying rent or for food. But it was definitely a lot. There was like one story where it was like midnight. I was getting ready to go to bed. I was laying in my bed about to fall asleep. And then I like hear my door creak. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that is, but whatever. And then 10 like breaths later, I'm <laughs> I'm like, I smell shit. Like I smell like it's new york maybe the window something's wafting but it was like lingering and not going away i was like that is like fully shit like maybe the, the creek was like the dog came in and shat in my room so i get up and i go into the bathroom where i mentioned there's a washer dryer in that bathroom and so that's like where the laundry like the kids would like throw their dirty clothes in my yeah. bathroom and be like that's where they go like you wash them this kid fully took a dookie in his boxers and left it on my bathroom floor <laughs> because he didn't know what else to do with it so like dealing with shit like that I was like hey like your son like I would like I talked to the mom the next day and I'm like hey your son your son like kind of like like left his shit on my bathroom floor last night and she was like oh he must be sick like poor thing like I'm like no no can you tell him like not to fucking do do that he's not that young and if he's that young let's get him a fucking diaper like why is it like don't put your fecal matter in my bathroom that I have to use. Like, it's like a health yeah. hazard. Yeah. Oh, my god. So that was funny. I don't even remember how. I think I must have just, like, thrown it. Like, I must have just, like, thrown it away. Maybe I flung it out the fucking window. I don't know. Because if I threw it in the trash, it would have just smelled up the whole kitchen. Right. I don't know what I did that with it. That is disturbing. What did I do with the shitty? I have no idea. I don't remember. But I got rid of it. And I should, just, it shouldn't have been. You should have just thrown it away. I know, but if I threw it away in the kitchen bin, then it would have just made the kitchen smell like poop. Was there a chute? No. No chute. Pre-war? Building? Maybe it was. Maybe there was a chute in the hallway. Maybe there's a chute in the hallway. Yeah. Maybe there's a chute in the hallway. Huh. Well, that seems like something that would cause anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> was that like the period of your life where you were experiencing that? That was a terrible. It wasn't. Segue. I wasn't anxious. <laughs> I wasn't anxious because of the poop. I was anxious because of no, definitely comedy. not because of the poop. Yeah, that was the time of my life where I. Yeah, that was the time of my life where I was doing. I feel like in New York, people I know who have struggled with you know mental health shit tend to struggle even more in New York because it's hard harder to do those grounding tactics. There's like a whole yoga cult and all that jazz in New York and like that's amazing. But to be in nature and like find your center is a bit harder in the city. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't really drink here, but I was drinking there and it was hard to like I would go for runs like I would run through the park. But if you're not but like between the apartment and the park. No, it's nice, but, like, between the apartment and the park, you have to run on the, like, gross street with everyone walking around. And you feel like, excuse me. And, like, it's weird. Like, everyone – like, I felt like when I was running, people are like, dude, get out of the – like, why why are you running? people are angry at you. You know what I mean? So – but here in L.A., it's like, you just run. Everyone's running. Everyone's Do you run on the beach? Sometimes, yeah. 
That's I, love, why I, I have my here. gym now, though. So, oh, you moved here to run on the beach and now you live on the east side? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a genius. Yeah, that's all right. No, literally, literally, you have a cool place. What? Yeah, no, this I love this place. Area. Like, I, I love this place. But, like, I went for one run in December on the beach and I was like, I'm going to move here. This seems pretty cool. Yeah. And I've yeah. been here since then. Yeah, it's a great place. Yeah. The beach, we take it for granted, you know? People yeah. who don't, people who live here and like don't go to the beach that much, I'm like, you're dumb. Because How often do you go? I'm going a lot. Like on Saturday, my roommate had a birthday and he had it at the beach. Oh, okay. You just wear Fun. clothes or you yeah. just wear like sweats or like linen pants. Yeah. And like, it was gorgeous. We played frisbee and like we had pants like, oh my god, it's fabulous. But people, in Los Angeles, no seriously, so sexy. Marina Del Rey, you know, oh, yeah. just like kind of chill and there's nobody, there's nobody fucking there because yeah. like what I'm saying now, people take it for granted. They don't go to the beach or they think it's too cold or they think it's too far. Yeah, it's not too far. It's not that far. I mean, I'm not begging people to come to the beach because then it'll be crowded. But like, <laughs> I think it's stupid. I think if you're feeling anxious or you're feeling on edge, if I can help anyone out there. Go to the beach. It's not too far. Trust me. You have time. You can make the time. Just go to the beach and see if there's any if there's Just anything the there beach. for you. Just if not, don't ever go again. Don't go during traffic if you can help it. But I'm serious. Like watching that sunset over the ocean. The sun sets oh on God. the on the west coast. The sun sets yeah. into the fucking ocean. Yeah. And it gets really orange and pink and it's fucking it is awesome. A cure. Go. People don't go and watch it. People don't. Yeah. And in the winter is when the better sunsets are. Like it's like they're all the really bright orange pinkish You're ones. You're inspiring me right no, now. No, like you got to do it. Yeah. It feels really, really good in your head and your body and your fucking soul. I do it a and lot over the summer. It. Yeah. But like, in the winter, it's like gas. You just And it, it's even better because then you wear your sweatshirt and your sweatpants or whatever the hell you want to wear. If you just dress well then you're not cold but if you go in a bathing suit you're gonna be like this sucks it's too cold it's like yeah okay just like dress for the fucking weather but it's (laughs) and then you get like your chair or a blanket whatever you want to do and watch the sunset and then leave that's amazing there's good food over there too you can get get some some dinner before you head back so before we kind of wrap yeah before yeah sorry i got carried away talking about my favorite place on earth not at all. Like, also my favorite place on yeah, earth. I just great place. don't do it as much in the winter as I, I do over Well, you're the over here. I would never be at the beach if I were over here. I'd be like, I mean, no, it's too far. I think for me, over the summer, when you're driving back on a Friday, oh, any no, time, no, 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 it's no, like, no, no, no. it's an hour and 10 minutes. No, you're going the wrong way at yeah. both times. Yeah. 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 So that was rough. If you have do nothing that. else to do, just sit yeah. in traffic for an hour. Yeah. Like, you it's fine. It. Just listen to a podcast. Listen to a podcast. Listen to an audio book. Okay. Go ahead. Something that I also wanted to talk to you about that we've talked about in the past is sobriety. Okay. I don't so, remember us talking about it, but. So I remember we had a conversation a while back because I took photos of you. Yes. I totally. I, yeah. Of course I remember that day. That's so, when I was first here. Yeah. You lost your necklace and then I moved out and I have not seen it since. You moved out of here and then you moved back in? Yeah. Oh, it was a whole Interesting. long saga. Okay. Because I was like, I thought, because with the necklace, I'm like, wait, I'm back here. Like, I thought she said she moved out because yeah. I remember because yeah. the necklace. No, thing. I've been here now again since March, but I was in West Hollywood from October through I March. See. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I had so, a little stint. Gotcha. Sobriety. 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 When we did that photo shoot, you were saying you're sober. Yeah. And I think at the time I was also sober. Yeah. 
sometimes I'll have some wine if I know that it's a good wine. I try wine for for the restaurant job if I right. have to sell it or know what it tastes like or whatever. But I when I say sometimes like so so rare. Yeah. Um alcoholism runs in my family so it's just a a decision that I made especially when I moved here and I realized like oh I have to drive everywhere I have my car I can't drink at this thing you know like I and so it was just a waste of time to think about alcohol as a part of my life like it was just so much easier to be like I don't drink than be like well I'll decide to drink here or here or whatever it's like no I have to just definitively be like I don't drink because otherwise I'll accept that free drink from whoever you know so it was just better for me to be like no I don't drink when did that start that was June of 2021 prior to that I was yeah I was drinking and how do you feel? Do you feel like it's I like feel a, great. I don't miss thing? it. Oh, for life, for sure. I don't miss it at all. I hated feeling hungover. I do not need it in social situations. Yeah. I wake up feeling great all the time. Not feeling great all the time, but like I wake up and I know 100% that I'm not hungover. If I'm feeling bad, it's because I'm sick or something. Yeah. It's not because I'm hungover. So that's a good like guarantee to have and I'm also never worried oh what did I say last night or was I weird last night did I offend them when I said like or if you were it's your fault or if I was it's I (laughs) yeah if I was it was just me but it's like I know for sure what happened I remember because I was there and like you know so that's a really good feeling how do you feel like that has impacted your work I'm just able to have a healthier lifestyle. Like I wake up and go to the gym or I wake up and surf and like right. drink alcohol or being hungover has never once gotten in the way of it because I don't let it because I'm not drinking. Yeah. That's incredible. So. I feel like because I've been working, I'm drinking a lot less, mm. but I definitely would like to at some point in my life get back to sobriety because for me, it, I just felt so incredible when I wasn't drinking at all because like alcohol is a huge depressant you know Mm -hmm. it's just such a trigger something else that we talked about that you said that stuck with me is if you're drinking in a social situation or you feel like you have to you're probably in the wrong social situation oh I don't even remember that I said that but that's good (laughs) sometimes you have to be somewhere though I guess like Thanksgiving you have to be there because it's your family and like maybe you have a like just whatever but yeah no i stand by that yeah yeah very wise very wise some insightful god damn good on me yeah i stand by that get out of you got shitty friends if you're if all you do is drink with them yeah so much more you god i love my friends i do so much we go to the beach we play frisbee we hike we fucking go to museums and these like galleries that we like do fun fun. stuff we make dinner we like have dinner parties that aren't so centered around drinking it's more it's more about the food and about the The like jokes and games and stuff do you smoke weed at all yeah so i smoke weed yeah california sober Mm -hmm. same Mm -hmm. that's what i was doing not a lot though i smoked before my friend's concert like two hits right and then i smoked before i watched a movie last night that thing you do great movie if you haven't seen it it's about (laughs) it's got tom hanks and written written and directed by tom hanks oh i don't Um, know it it's set in the 60s but it was made in the 90s it's about a band who's like a one-hit wonder in the 60s that are kind of like the beatles but like it's a one-hit wonder so it's an amazing movie you have to watch it it's incredible and I recommend, like, maybe you can take a hit of weed like I did before watching it because maybe you'll enjoy it more. But... Do you ever smoke before you perform? No. 
Never. Mm -mm. I know. I I feel the same. Like sometimes I feel like before a performance, people will be like, you should just take a shot. It's like, I can't. No. What the fuck? I can't do that. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing too. It's like if you have to take a shot before you do stand up, like maybe you not. (laughs) I don't know. Or some people like start off being like, I'm belligerent while I perform. But like then later clear their shit up. Okay. But I don't know. It's better not to, I guess. Yeah. I feel like that's just my stance. It's like, even when I am doing it, like, I'm like, my definitive stance is it's better to not, you know? Yes. And when I am doing it, I feel angry with myself to a certain degree. Mm. I wouldn't beat yourself up too much. What about, you mean like the drinking? Yeah. Stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone has like a time, like you will make the right choice for yourself. Like, I think that it will happen in time. Some people just, like, aren't ready to be, like, I don't drink, you know? Or, like, not drink at all, which is, like, totally fine. We're young and just the fact that you're thinking about it is good. But I think sometimes people just aren't ready. Yeah, no, it's – I think I'm definitely not ready. And I don't think I'm, like, in a place in my life where it's 100%. I mean, it is 100% feasible. What the fuck am I saying? No, <laughs> I it is. I could literally wake up you tomorrow could. and be like, I'm done. Right. But for some people, it yeah. doesn't need to happen. They don't want it to happen. It just is what it is. Everyone has their own path and everyone... Have you ever had a tricky relationship with alcohol? Like for me, when I first cut alcohol out, I had prior to that a tricky relationship with alcohol and then it was impacting my work and my writing in certain ways that I was like... I'm done with this shit. Good. Yeah. It's good that you notice as soon as it starts affecting your your work. Yeah. That it's, it's gonzo. But I think that I just knew it runs in, in my family. So I was like hyper aware of it growing up. And then mm-hmm. when I started to drink, I was hyper aware. Okay. This is like in your genes. This is like a possibility for you to, to be an alcoholic, to be addicted to this. So I never really did have that like that never actually happened I think I nipped it in the bud like I'm 26 now I stopped when I was 25. Did your parents drink? Yeah but they don't anymore. Right. Father runs yoga studio. Yeah he's he's very zen zen now. And I imagine are they very supportive of you in your comedy? Yeah yeah they're super happy that's like are they're whatever they're just like proud of me. Yeah Yeah, as they fucking should be. Thanks. Yeah you're doing it. (laughs) Yeah they're great so they're so funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah is that where your comedy comes from mostly? i think so they're they're not like i'm writing jokes about them but i just right. mean they're hilarious they're and two just of the like funniest that people. sense of humor growing up laughing yeah. and stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah they divorced when i was one so i never saw oh, them wow. together but individually both of them make me laugh but my mom like roasts people she <laughs> just fucking roasts the shit out of like strangers and like just says the most craziest like unhinged stuff and i just think she's hilarious She's crazy, but she's really, really funny. My dad is like ball of energy, always make it like, just like, yeah, baby. Like arms raised at the schoolyard pickup, embarrassing the crap out of me, but just like one of a kind. I've never met anybody like him, just balls to the wall. (laughs) Like risk taker, like crazy New Jersey shirt off guy. So many epic comedians have come out of New Jersey because it's just a crazy place. It is a crazy place. But you also have inspired me to ask a new question yeah this go is a for personal it. thing go for it are you into roast battles i have never done one i hate them yeah i've done it i did it once and i was like 
this is just not for me. Like yeah. it was the crowd and the types of jokes that were being told yeah. were all like racist and sexist and like really leaning into that. I mean, old timey comedy yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just was like, this is not for me. And at the same time, I had so many people being like, this is how you get really good at writing those one-off jokes that just well, who hit. was giving you that advice? People who are good at roast battles. Right. And you don't really <laughs> want to be good at roast battles. I also battles. am a sucker for Jeff Ross. Oh. He's a very kind human too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. I okay. fucking love him. Yeah. And I love watching roast battles. I yeah. love watching like okay, well then. Nikki Glaser and Sarah Silverman yeah. like tear it up. But for me, I'm just like, I am miserable when I'm also being roasted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's not for everyone. Yeah. I think we should wrap up. Yeah. Should we do? Yeah. The well, big so one? I want to know two things you're grateful for first. I am, first of all, love that question. <laughs> I am grateful for so much. Like I was saying earlier with my roommate, we were talking, we were just like, we have the best lives. We're, we're, we're happy. I'm grateful for my patio. I love my little outdoor Fuck, space. That is yeah. an epic thing to be grateful for. Yeah. No, so it's my like specific. Yeah. It's my, I slide my little door open and I sit and it's like a corner patio Hell yeah! and people will literally, we have like a ton of plants out there and stuff. And like we have the table and chairs and we're just like, it's, you can chill out there and people walk by, they're walking their dogs or they're and they're like, oh my God, you guys have such a good, like you guys are, you guys have it all. You guys have the life, you know? <laughs> and, I'm like, and we're like, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I feel that. Didn't have one in New York, so I definitely feel grateful for it now. Was that something that you were looking for when you moved out here? Or you just stumbled upon it? Like for me, uh, I was like, I was I like outdoor space. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I'm same. not going to move from New York to a better, more outdoorsy place same. and not get that. I'm grateful for my friends. I'll do that. I'm grateful for my friends. My friends are like, I'm surrounded by so many cool people who are very artistic and talented and you know ballsy like they're just going for it and we're young so a lot of like not like big things aren't happening for everyone like yet but it's like just watching people living side by side with these creators and people who are in their beginning stages of Mm -hmm. life and career it's just like an honor to be around them and not even I'm, I don't want to make it about their career I just mean like as people no, yeah as people like my friends are awesome I love them they love me and I we spend quality time together and eat good food and do fun things and yeah that's beautiful yeah grateful for friendship I love that thank you and what's one big fuck you <sighs> big fuck you yeah big fuck you uh has to be I had like a joke one, but I, I'm going to say the the real one. We were talking about my show, Abbott Kidding. Yeah. The, it's in the back patio. And there's like a little sign. You have to the get- The back patio of Rooster Of Roosterfish Bar, yeah. which has, I'm, I got to say it, very basic clientele. The rich ex-frat, ex-srat yes. people from college. <clears throat> right. And then, yeah, Venice. They live in Venice. live on the west side. They live in Santa Monica, whatever, whatever. Not my people, but also, mm-hmm. like, they're at a bar. So, like, yeah. they're also not my people because my, like, I'm just, I, none of my friends, like, hang out at bars, I feel like. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, that's not their Friday night. They're yeah. not going to, like, a bar with a DJ. That's just not my friends. <laughs> but anyway to each their own there's a little sign that says patio closed comedy event only and there's even a red rope 
in front of the door that leads to the patio and every single week every single show there's like drunk or even if they're not drunk just men drunk or not who come back and like are in the patio and like I and the girls who help me run my show who are like the PAs for the show have to be like hey like are you here for the show we get so many answers we get oh yeah I go, okay, great. I can scan your ticket. And they're like, well, I don't have a ticket. I just, and I'm like, okay, well then you're not like this, this, this patio is closed. And it's like, I become like such a fucking, yeah. And, and, but this is the thing. This is the funny thing is that we get either like, they try to like trick us into like, oh, I am here for the show. It's like, bro, you know, I'm going to ask for your ticket. Or it's like, hey, are you here for the show? And it's like, oh I, I didn't know there was a show or like I didn't and I'm like okay well the patio's closed and they're like oh okay well I was just gonna I was just gonna smoke my vape for a little bit or I was just gonna smoke a cigarette <laughs> like I just can't and I'm like okay well like I don't know what to tell Those you but vapes. from right from like nine from like whatever the time is that we're doing the show like this patio's closed and they'll stay with their friend and talk through the show or they'll just not listen to us and then the minute the male bouncer or the male manager of the bar is like hey this patio's closed like all right man thanks and they leave you're kidding so no i'm not kidding that's no, so no, no. annoying so every i guess i would have to say it's just very frustrating these stupid lame lame gross men just think just oh just think that they're so cute and funny like cracking a joke with with me about like oh maybe i can uh, there's a comedy show well yeah i'm actually on the show tonight i could perform tonight like (laughs) you're so gross and unfunny and like just a fucking lonely loser and i hate you like like i i just there's so many ugh just and just the blatant like they they're like i'm not a sexist person like they don't think it's but then like the 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 subconscious shit that they're doing call them out on it no, because it's like some, uh, some t- I have when it's like this is the 10th fucking person t- t- tonight that I've had to like do this yeah. to. So I'm like at the end of my rope. But no, I don't have time for that. And I also I, like I'm running a fucking show. I just need you to leave. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I'm I'm actually doing something else. If you had just read this, like I'm not actually accounting time to do this tonight because there's a sign yeah, that you says have a it's closed. Things going on. So it's just that's my big fuck you is, Final- is men who don't listen to women or don't respect the authority of especially young women yeah young um, boss th- bitches yeah i just think that's so silly Disgusting. like you're gross stop doing that yeah that's all upsetting i do have one more yeah 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 question. yeah because yeah. you mentioned pas and mm-hmm. this was something i was thinking about earlier when you started this show out you were pretty much producing it completely yourself well i am still producing it all by myself yeah but after the first show i had a family friend of mine come and help me check people in mm-hmm. do the instagram story and like a comic and time friend? the comedians or no, just i don't a- have comedians help me okay for the same like spot trading reason right i don't want people asking for stage time yeah it's just like there it's are plenty of people vibe. who are interested in comedy that aren't interested in doing comedy and I want those people to help me because yeah. they are great. Yeah. And I love, love, love to death the girls who help me and there's a couple guys that help me too. Comedy um, fans are the best the show. people alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. will ask you, what was your joke, Big F you? Oh, it was, it was because I got the 
email from you right after this happened but literally I was hosting this is amazing I was hosting a show in West Hollywood I host it every week it's a it's called totally comedy show it's Mm -hmm. at Bar Lubitsch in West Hollywood oh great venue yeah great venue great show great guys I hosted the show I just got off stage after doing my hosting set and this guy from the audience walks up to me in the back of the bar after I had just done my set and he's chewing and pointing to his mouth and goes hey do you have a napkin so I can spit my gum out (laughs) and I look at him for like a a couple sec like for a while and I until I just go yeah no I don't have that I'm not your mom. You just saw me perform comedy. What the fuck makes you think I'm the person who has a napkin for you? Are you see- like you sleep so at night? Both you big sleep at night. Are to fucking just sleepy men. men. Just literally sleep and I I don't want to be like that, but it's like wake but it up. But do be like that. But I I feel like maybe someone's listening who like maybe does this without thinking like stop asking women for fucking napkins. Like <laughs> Go find the nap. What are you talking about? Like, it's cr- like it's insane. And then I was like, no. And then he went to the bar in the front to, like, get a napkin from where there are napkins. You're like, good boy. But I think people don't – and this isn't a fuck you because I don't care, but people don't know what a host is. So, like, I'll do the hosting set and I'll do crowd work and jokes. And maybe right. it's a compliment because they the jokes are going so seamlessly from the crowd work that they don't – think that it's comedy but I'll get off stage at the end of the show people in the audience will come up to me and be like you were you were like great you know you're you were like really really good you should you should do stand-up you should do comedy you should you should try to do stand-up like you should be doing what they're doing like the other people on the show like you could really do it and and they (laughs) and I I used to be like oh no I I was doing stand-up like what but now it's just it happens so much after I host that I just it's not worth it for me to try to describe it to people so I'll just go really like no like I don't know like are you serious (laughs) like okay yeah I think you know what tomorrow I think I'm gonna do it like something like I'll just kind of like make them think that they made they gave me the confidence yeah. to push me to try stand up and the then first in like time. a week they see you like release your half hour special yeah yeah and like, it's just she like she did that for me yeah <laughs> I'm like okay but that's not a fuck you because I don't why would they I don't understand no, how they don't know what, the a, what a host guy. is but the fuck you is definitely to the napkin, napkin guy, guy but it's also that brought me to like people don't understand what a host is but it's like Anyone who's listening who doesn't know, the host of a comedy show most of the time is also a comedian. Just trying to say that. That's all. Cool. Epic. (laughs) Any final words or anything that you want people to know about you? I guess just follow me on the gram. My name's Ellen Harold on Instagram. Harold has three R's. E-L-L-E-N and then Harold with three R's. Like Harold, the first name, but it has three Sweet. R's. My name is Ellen Harold with two R's, but Ellen Harold with two R's on Instagram was taken, so I had to do three. And people still put Ellen Harold with one R on the posters. So it never ends. <sighs> Fuck you to those people, too. Yeah, it's all right. It's <laughs> we forgive. We yeah, forgive, we forgive and, and forget. On. Yep. All right. You're a fucking legend. Thank you so much oh, for coming. Stop. Thanks for having me. There you have it, folks. That was Ellen Harold. If you enjoyed this episode of The Big F You, you can give us a follow at The Big F You Show on Instagram or reach out to me for feedback at erica.canter. 
There you have it, folks. That was Ellen Harold. If you enjoyed this episode of The Big FU, you can give us a follow at The Big FU Show on Instagram or reach out to me for feedback at erica.canter. I will say that I am now releasing episodes pretty much on a bi-weekly basis, I think is the plan, just so that you guys can kind of stay in the loop on that. I kind of am doing exactly what Ellen has said not to do, and I'm just doing a lot of different things in the capacity that I enjoy, because I enjoy all those different things. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. So it's nothing's going to be that consistent. It's all going to be in the doses that I choose that also is following her advice, which is to do whatever you want. So I hope that you guys found this episode very helpful, because I certainly did, and I enjoyed listening to it and I enjoyed editing it as well. I'm very grateful for all of my guests for sharing their time with me and I hope that it inspires you in some way and if it did inspire you to make your own shit, definitely use the Descript app to edit whatever you're editing. You're gonna thank me. The link to it is going to be in the show notes as I said at the top of the show. Yeah, that's all I got to say for this week. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. See ya.